Harpy Hour may contain explicit language, as well as graphic, violent, and sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Harpy Hour. The harpiest of all the hours of your day, your week, your month, your year. Aloha. I'll be there for you. (laughs) (laughs) When the rain starts to fall. I'll be there for you. Who are we? I've been there before. I'm Tracy. I'm Liz. I'm Steph. And this is our podcast where we share ridiculous stories in history, science, and entertainment. And sing to you, as always, whether you like it or not. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you've signed up for it. You know what you're getting into. Also, sadly, though, we won't really be there for you for that much longer. (laughs) God, you're such a buzzkill, Liz. God damn it. Liz intentionally ruins everything. God damn it. I mean, they can... People can go back and listen to old episodes, you know, like when yeah. a show ends. Like us watching reruns of Friends. Yeah, I was going to say Friends. I've rewatched that a couple times. Our podcast is just going to be syndicated. Is that what that's called? Yes. 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 Listen to by billions of people just like Friends. We're going to make it big after we've already canceled ourselves. I mean, we do plan to have it still on air for as long as podcasts exist (laughs) for as long as we don't have to pay for it our podcast will be available to people yeah that's fair it's on the internet it is there forever yeah i don't think we could get rid of it if we wanted to to be honest we probably could i don't think we're that big that people have copied us to other places but you don't know that maybe someday you don't know that i don't we could have some kind of swim fan person like downloading all of our apps and like jerking off to it you don't know (laughs) just took a turn i'm just saying we don't know the extent to which we have you know i have been told uh back in my park ranger days that i have a very (laughs) pleasurable listening voice i hate that you bring this up like (laughs) you've talked about this on the podcast before it's so awkward So I don't know what people do. Didn't someone like call in just to listen to your voice? I still don't know how to interpret that. And we've been friends for years. <laughs> like that was one of your opening stories. And I can't deal with it. I used to Ugh. do the phone tree for the line. So like press one for the hours, press two for directions, like all that kind of stuff. I mean, every, every option that you clicked, like 90% of this phone tree was me. Uh, and yeah, somebody mm. said that... Uh, they enjoyed listening to my voice. They specifically left a message to let That's me know. Creepy and upsetting. Yeah. There was definitely some guy calling in after hours repeatedly yes. just to hear you speak. Yes. Well, I told this to one of my old roommates back at the first house that I lived in. He suggested that I could like do professional voice work. He's like, oh, people will just like pay for a nice voice to do phone trees for their businesses. I've done that. I've done vocal acting, but nobody, nobody has called me soothing. They're more like, (laughs) nobody would call you soothing. I know. They're more like, oh, I listened to her because she's fucking enthusiastic. (laughs) She was, she grabbed my attention. 
I listened to her because even though I put the phone in the other room, I could still hear her. Because I have no other options. I need to absorb what she's saying because I can't not hear it. My ears are ringing. Yep. I ended a shift of the day taking care of two toddlers who had lacerations on their foreheads that needed to be sewn. <laughs> Did they bump into each other? I really, really hope that's the story. Did they run into each other? No, unrelated toddlers. Unrelated oh. toddlers. <laughs> oh, I like thought they like... I had like an 18-month-old oh. and like a two-year-old who both came in with head, lax, head lacerations. Okay. And I had to take care of them back to back. And both of them were like screaming their heads off, even though mm-hmm. we numbed them and everything. They're just scared, right? Right. Yeah. They don't know what's going on. We wrap them in a sheet like a burrito, so like a mummy, so they can't move. Don't thrash around. That's what I do to Mac when I need to give him meds. Yeah. And we have someone, like, it's so traumatic because yes. they freak out. We have to be more aggressive with them. So, like, we wrap them in a sheet and, like, someone's holding their body, someone's holding their head. I'm yeah. sewing them. They're screaming bloody murder. I swear to God, after the second toddler, my ears were literally ringing and i was like i can't hear right now we watched knocked up last night and uh we get to the like birth scene and they had the you know the guys in the waiting room and like the sister in the waiting room and all you hear is just like Catherine heigl screaming and like moaning and they're just sitting there like casually sitting in the uh waiting room and craig goes that's gonna be you like they're going to hear you throughout the entire maternity ward just screaming about this. And I'm like, and I will have deserved every moment of that because I will be in massive like pain. You can't care. Like at that point. Oh, I, I don't care, care now. Like <laughs> it's, it's not going to get better when I'm in contractions. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'll hear you out here in Hawaii. Probably will, honestly. <laughs> Well, Craig will be like Snapchatting it to us. A thousand percent. You guys are going to get the play by play. So get stoked for that. Well, Tracy. Yes. We have your last episode today. I'm pregnant. You can't say these things. I'm going to (laughs) cry. I think you know these things already. I know. not telling you new information. (laughs) Yeah, but when you say it out loud, it makes it real. Okay, it was all my tone. I'm really sorry. Tracy, it's your last episode today. Yay! (laughs) So in selecting my topic, I actually really struggled. I was like, should I make it like a kind of classic yeah should i make it like an all-encompassing thing like should it be like a topic rather than like an event should it be uh you know some kind of dissection of something i really wanted to just disregard all the copyright rules and do that plagiarized pop songs <laughs> oh, that you wanted to do for that i wanted to do ago. since the inception of this podcast and i'm still convinced that i could do but <laughs> have we talked about that on the air i feel like we have we have we yeah. definitely wants brought to it do up. it but she wants to play the songs and we won't let her play the songs because we don't want to get sued well because it, it just loses something with me singing it as opposed to hearing how fucking note for note all of them are you can't get properly infuriated. We don't have the money to pay for that lawsuit. And we're also not journalists, so we like don't have license I mean, to... like. I am. <laughs> <laughs> dissect. Uh, I'm allowed to do it. You can't. But anyway, whatever. 
I really almost did that. Like, just like, this is what's going to happen, guys. Like, here we <laughs> go. Just, like, refuse to air. I'll just bleep out all the music. Everything. <laughs> it's just all a segment of censoring. Well, I think, and don't quote me on this because I still need to look into it, but looking at, like, the paperwork to dissolve our LLC, I think that in closing the company that then prevents anybody from filing suits against us because we no longer exist. So I should have just fucking done it is what you're saying. So I should have just done it. Why did I write my own notes? This is stupid. Did you just say that you did not write your own notes? No, I said, why did I write my own notes? If I could have just done that segment, which I had, I have like all the timestamps and everything. Oh, God damn it. Anyway. So (laughs) I decided to uh, go classic with a twist. I decided to do a little history, a little stupid theater, a little silliness, and uh, even a little bit of Vegetable Virgin. So here we go. There's so much going on here. And is there a little bit of Lexus in there? There's a little bit of Lexus as well. Okay. A little bit of murderer. Any, a little any bit chance? of murder. No, no murderer. No little I just bit of murderer. The Murderville episode last night with um, Annie Murphy in it. Oh my god! Don't tell me anything. I'm still. I'm, I I need to watch it. But the roommates are finishing Love Is Blind. Oh, okay. I have to say, her episode was not my favorite. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Don't say anything to me. All right. <laughs> my episode today is Cherry Cherry Boom Boom. I don't know what that means. It's a Lady Gaga quote. Oh, hi. Cherry, cherry, boom, boom. From what? Mm-hmm. A quote or a lyric? Like That's a lyric from Lady Gaga's song. Uh, the name is escaping me right now. <laughs> from it's Lady like, Gaga's song. There's, there's <laughs> nothing else I can say. I can't hey. think of a way to combine Lady Gaga and theater and vegetables and history. Okay, well, Lady, I just used the quote from Lady Gaga. She's okay. not involved. Regardless, vegetables, history, theater, I don't know. Okay. Veggie Tales, isn't that a show where people dress up like vegetables or something? It is. Well, no, nobody dresses up like vegetables. They're vegetable puppets, and they tell stories about the Bible. So you oh. would love it. <laughs> <laughs> Silly me. I was so far off. I was just absolutely ridiculous with my guess. Yes. They have that song, uh, Oh, where is my hairbrush? Oh, where is my hairbrush? Oh, where? Well, it's just the cucumber looking for his hairbrush. Not everything has to do that. I can relate to my that cucumber. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, where the fuck is my hairbrush? Yeah. I remember one time back when I was a teenager and I was on my period and I was just extra emotional because you're a teenager with hormones raging through you and I couldn't find I my hairbrush. You. And I just sat down on the floor and just sobbed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you just get pushed over the edge, man. Yeah, there's just life got to me in that moment. I couldn't find my hairbrush and then I just lost it. Sometimes it's a hairbrush. It was. Aware, 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 aware is my hairbrush. So how come this show didn't convince you to eat vegetables? It combined apparently music, church. I mean <laughs> the church. That's why. Gestures, <laughs> gestures broadly. You're um, not eating vegetables, not having veggies in your diet on the church. Oh my God. Do you think that's it? 
<laughs> no, I think it's because you were given growth hormone and told to eat whatever the fuck you wanted to gain weight. And so you sustained yourself on a diet of mac and cheese and chicken nuggets. And that's how you got used to eating. Is it weird that that's how pregnancy is going to? <laughs> <laughs> Not even a little bit surprised. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's, uh, <laughs> let's move on to this segment. Okay. So today we are going to talk about the Cherry Sisters. I still have no idea what we're talking about. Ooh, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Let's travel back to our favorite time period. The 1800s. The 1800s! In a sleepy little town called Marion, Iowa. The Cherry family lived on a small farm in the late 1800s, and they had five sisters. Ella, born in 1854. You don't need to remember these dates. They're just for fun. Uh, Lizzie, (laughs) born in 1857. Addie, born in 1859. Effie, born in 1867. And Jesse, the baby, born in 1871. Note, there was also one brother named Nathan, but he's a dick, so we're not going to talk about it. We don't talk, we about, don't talk Nathan. about Nathan. Exactly. Okay. So by the mid 1880s, both of the cherry parents had died. Womp womp. And Nathan literally just left and didn't tell anyone where he was going. Just disappeared. How old is Nathan at this point? Went out for cigarettes and never came back. I don't know. I mean, is he a kid still? Is he an adult? Is he a teenager? Teen. So he was born in 71 and this was in the 80s. So he's in his teens. Okay. Yeah, he's in his teens. The youngest is seven. It was born in 1871. Oh, okay. That's Jesse. I don't know when Nathan, where exactly Nathan fell in this, but Jesse was the youngest child. Mm-hmm. So, so he's, you know, he's a teenager. But teenage boys always make such good decisions. I know. That's why it's so unfathomable that he would be such an asshole. Also, it is like the 1800s where being a teenager is an adult. Yeah. Let's be real. Seven-year-olds are pretty much adults. You are essentially a fully independent person that is more expected to work than like go to school and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the sisters are left to fend for themselves and to run the families. 40-acre farm, and I tried to convert this into Tracy's, but they ended up being square Tracy's, and I did not like that look, so (laughs) I instead converted it into hockey rinks, and it is 102 hockey rinks long. Okay. All right. So at this point, the girls range in age from nine to their mid-20s. A few years pass, and the girls are getting by. They're like just scraping by. So they decide to take a drastic step and form a vaudeville group. Ooh. Uh-huh. Plot twist. Is there a market for this in their sleepy little Iowa community, or are they going to hit the road? Well, um, let's keep going. I'm raising my hand. Yes. <laughs> What's a vaudeville group? You... What? <laughs> That's not I... an I'm so glad you asked. I uh... didn't think I needed to define vaudeville for you. It is a farce with music. Okay. So it's like a variety show, kind of. Okay. It, it is a variety show. But it, back in those days, it was like music and, uh, you know, like singing. And there were stories, but like the stories were more like parables. Like, like little mini with, stories. Yeah, like, like with morals story. and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
According to the Iowa State website, which is where I got a lot of this information, quote, as schoolgirls, they had shown a certain flair for skits and recitals, unquote. They're just like, you know, we liked this in school. I think we could totally do this professionally. Some sources say that they were trying to save up money to search for their dickhead brother, Nathan. Other sources say they wanted to travel to the Chicago World's Fair that year and they couldn't afford it without the supplementary income. I think it's more likely that the farm was going under and they just needed to pay for shit. But, you know. I mean, yeah. Girls gotta eat. Yeah. So it's 1893. The sisters decided to test their act in their hometown theater first, Daniel's Opera House in Marion, Iowa. And I looked everywhere to try and find a population for this time period for Marion, Iowa, and it just does not exist. So we're all just going to picture a cute little town in, a, in the Midwest. Got it. At this point, the sisters range from 22 to 39. So they've been on their own for a while. Okay. Okay. Are any of them married? Isn't that like That's, when you're supposed to get married? So, no. None of them are married. <laughs> They're all working on the farm. They're, they've been working real hard. Yeah. I mean, their parents are, you know, they're orphans, etc. All the more reason to marry a rich man. I was going to say, do I have to be the one to say it? Maybe if they got married, they wouldn't have to work so hard. I mean, Liz the feminist, everyone. <laughs> I'm, I'm agreeing with her yeah. just because of the time period. Yeah. You'd think that would That's be their out. the way things worked. Sadly. I am surprised that that was not their out. But they don't have a father to negotiate the terms uh, they with don't either. Have a dowry. Yeah. yeah, they don't have a dowry. They don't have a father to negotiate the terms. I mean, I think that's where we're lacking here. True, 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 true. And they, mm-hmm. they had one brother and he's gone. He yeah. Could have he been the patriarch. Fucking disappeared. See? That just makes Nathan more of a dick. Right, because he could have been that fill-in patriarch for the family. You had one job. Marry off your sisters. Yeah, leave after you've married off the sisters. See, hashtag fuck Nathan. So they rent the theater for $5 a night, and they sold the tickets for 10 to 30 cents each. $5 theater rental fee equates to $156.19 per night in today's money. And 10 to 30 cents per ticket is $3.12 to $9.37 per ticket in today's money. How many seats does the theater hold? I also tried to look at the blueprints of Daniel's <laughs> Opera House. Wow, you really dove deep on this. It has since been demolished. I did a really good job, you guys, and there's just not a lot of information. It I has feel since like she was trying to like pad her her story maybe no the story is extensive so i was just don't matter they're just for funsies 1854 1871 well because i'm gonna tell you their ages anyway so you don't need those anyway (laughs) just saying padding the crowd paid 250 dollars cumulatively so their their total revenue was $7,809.67 in today's money. That was for their opening night. So on January 21st, 1893, the sisters opened their signature show called Something Good, Something Sad. So the show was ridiculous. They started the show with their hair painted bright gold with leftover signage paint, seemingly inexplicably, like they never explained why. (laughs) Okay. Effie sang a solo. Jesse played the harmonica and the bass drum. Lizzie played the piano. Ella acted out a comedic monologue in blackface. 
As you do Mm -hmm. in the 1800s. Yep. Some of the songs featured new lyrics to standard melodies, while others were original compositions. The acts had strong morality and patriotic overtones, because these are good Midwestern ladies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a good accent. Thank you. That was perhaps one of the best accents you've ever done. <laughs> I'm, peak- I'm peaking right now, guys. Uh, at one point, Jesse was suspended from a cross above the stage oh. in an imitation of the crucifixion. Okay. As you do. Was she dressed as a vegetable? <laughs> no, for the veggie tales. We're not. W- nope, we didn't get to the veggies yet. The gypsies' warning was a segment of their of their act. It's a short play in which Effie played a soothsayer who warns an innocent maiden, comma Lizzie, of the evil intentions of a crude and mustachioed suitor, Addie. It's like a morality, like keep your legs closed, ladies, kind of thing. Uh, Don't trust okay. men yeah. with mustaches. Basically. I thought when you said it was about gypsies, it was going to be something no, yeah. like anti-gypsy. The gypsy is the one that warns the maiden. I thought it was going to be vilifying gypsies. No. The gypsy is the one that tells the innocent maiden. No, it's just vilifying premarital sex. Got it. Yep. Really just, I, I don't even think they got to the sex thing. I think they just were like, boys are bad. Don't, look don't at touch them. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here they are, five unmarried women. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they also sang a song called Corn Juice, mm. the lyrics to which are woefully lost to history. Is that liquor? Nope. <laughs> corn juice? Nope. Like- juice from corn. Corn syrup? Nope. Oh, juice. No, don't <laughs> staff. I cannot make well, myself more clear. Corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup is in fucking everything, including juice. No, so, you know. I cannot be more clear. It is called. It is referring to the juice of corn. I like corn. I don't know if I want to drink it. Corn juice. Stop saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset. I googled it, and there's a website the kitchen that says have you tried corn juice you should no (laughs) no you shouldn't no don't do that corn smoothie when when i heard that uh song title the first thing that came to my head was corn juice got your girl feeling loose oh shit and i'm wishing you know no nope nope gray goose got your girl feeling loose now i'm wishing that no is it by ariana grande because we don't know who that is Oh my god. <laughs> Tis not. Like, uh My genius is underappreciated. Okay. The next morning, the Cedar Rapids Gazette, which is like the closest to a hometown newspaper that they get there, gave the sisters the best review they would ever receive, mainly because it glossed over the sisters' actual performance and commented more on the Marian population. Okay. From the Iowa State website. Quote, the reviewer did note that the sisters had a keen appreciation of Uncle Sam's legal tender, concluding that the public wanted fun, the public got it, the young ladies wanted money, and they got it. Unquote. That is how a business works. All transactions were completed. Yes. Yes. Basically. I provide a service, you provide money. That is how a business occurs. Exactly. So basically it was like... The transaction occurred. Nothing more. No more information is needed. Breaking news. Yeah. Marion audience was also much friendlier to the sisters. 
as they were hometown girls in a small rural community. Like these are their neighbors showing up to support sure. them. Yeah. Okay. So, sort of like maybe a sense of obligation. Yeah. Like, oh, those poor orphan girls, we should probably go support them. And so I take it this is all leading up to a show they do somewhere else where they are not well received. That was my guess. The success in Marion prompted the girls to book the Greens Opera House in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, two months later, which was one of the largest theaters between Denver and Chicago at the time. The subsequent review by Fred P. Davis reflected the upscale nature of the second venue and its more urban audience. Quote, Such unlimited gall as was exhibited last night at Green's Opera House is past the understanding of ordinary mortals. They are no doubt respectable girls and probably educated in some few things, but their knowledge of the stage is worse than none at all. (laughs) If some indefinable act of modesty could not have warned them that they were acting the parts of monkeys, it does seem like the overshoes thrown at them would have conveyed the idea in a more substantial manner. Possibly the most ridiculous thing of the entire performance was an essay read by one of the poor girls in which she pled for the uplifting of the stage and hoped that no one would be harmed by anything they may have witnessed during the evening, unquote. How would they be harmed by what they witnessed? That's not a rave review. Yeah. Yeah, just like, I hope this show doesn't hurt anyone. Moving on. Like, that was, that was what she said, basically. So meanwhile, the town's basically like, who are these trashy hicks trying to yeah. Yeah. do yeah. art? Right. So the sisters were understandably pissed off about the review, but they decided to turn it into a publicity opportunity by marching down to the Gazette offices and demanding a retraction. I thought that they were going to be just like, this is the worst show in the world. Come see it yeah. for yourself. Um, <laughs> let's keep going. Oh, dear. The journalists kindly offer to publish a letter from the sisters in lieu of a retraction. So they're not going to take back what they said, but we'll let you comment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next quote, I had to edit this language to have it be intelligible at all. But the Gazette published their letter as is. So this did not help their, like, sweet little country girl image. So you're saying the letter that the girls wrote was unintelligible. Was unfucking intelligible yeah. Oh, so maybe they're not that educated. No. Oh, dear. Well, they had to stop schooling to work the farm. Mm-hmm. Quote, the Cherry Sisters concert that appeared in the Gazette the other evening was initially a mistake, and we take it back. The young ladies were refined and modest in every respect. And their entertainment was as good as any that has been given in the city by home people. The noise and tumult that was raised in the house was not done as stated by the Cedar Rapids people, but by a lot of toughs that came down from Marion with the intention of creating a disturbance, end quote. Why would people from Marion come down to create a disturbance? It doesn't make sense. First of all, they posed as if they were the Gazette, Other people. like yeah. writing a retraction that they didn't say um, like our show is great. Yeah. They were talking about themselves in the yeah. third person. Right. Gotcha. So they said the review was a mistake. They were great. They were refined and modest. Their entertainment was great. 
we don't know why these thugs from Marion came down to try to like fuck shit up, but they did. So like, that's not the girl's fault. That was basically the stance they took. The Gazette kind of ignored it. They were like, all right, whatever. We'll just print it. Like, get these girls to shut up. But the sisters decided to hold a mock trial at their next performance to sue the editor for libel. Oh. <laughs> yeah. My God. Yeah. People were still coming to their performances. Well, now they're like, this is a shitty performance. Cool. Let's go see the shit show. It's, yes, yeah, like notorious almost. Mm-hmm. Like they want to watch how bad it is watch them totally flop i guess it's so bad it's good so the sisters sold a ton of tickets to this mock trial performance possibly because of the extensive coverage of this mock trial in the gazette itself right leading to questions of collusion between the paper and the sisters so people were like are these guys just trying to drum up publicity for both the newspaper and the sisters like it sounds like they're working together but that was never proven. It might have just been a mutually beneficial journey it, they embarked yeah. on. Yeah, that's what it seems like. So anyway, the curtain rose and the sisters were greeted with kazoos, horns, and whistles from the audience. But after a few minutes, the sisters could not be heard above the roar of the audience because everyone was just so into this mock trial. So the trial was super quick and the verdict was severe and like kind of really weird. Davis was found guilty, quote unquote. He was sentenced to go to Marion and maintain the Cherry family farm. <laughs> like, yeah. And then this is my personal favorite. Quote, we further find that when the said Cherry sisters shall return from their triumphant tour, the said Davis shall submit himself to the choice of the said sisters Beginning oh. with the eldest oh. and the first one who will consent to such an alliance to that one shall be then and there joined in the holy bonds of matrimony, unquote. <laughs> so it's not his choice. He has to go in descending order of age. Correct. Yeah. He starts with the oldest. And... It sounded like at first he gets to pick, but then it's not oh, no, really no, no, get to the pick. No, pick. the sisters get to by, pick. By uh, so they get to say yay or right. nay on him. So he's guilty. He's now the hired farmhand and he has to marry one of the Cherry sisters. If they'll have him. If they'll have him, which, you know, I guess that's a question. Farm boy. Fetch me that picture. You know, this is all after they return from their triumphant tour, obviously. Yes, yes, yes. 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 And wouldn't he be so lucky as to marry one of these stars? Obviously. I don't see the issue. No notes. The Gazette seemingly didn't care about the trial, but was really concerned that the sisters represented Iowa poorly outside of the state and at other venues. So they were like, we probably shouldn't let them leave Iowa because they look real trashy. We shouldn't let them leave the state. Yeah, basically. They're a danger. Okay, so the sisters then booked the Burtis Opera House in Davenport, Iowa. So we're still in Iowa at this point. This was the first recorded instance that audience members threw vegetables and other items at the stage to show their disapproval. The most popular choices were turnips, cabbage, potatoes, onions, eggs, and tin cans. Everything from their local farms. <laughs> right. I feel like potatoes would hurt. Yeah, it would not be great. Like, I was thinking of everything you said. I'm like, oh, cabbage could hurt, too. Like, if it's the yeah. whole yeah. cabbage, that could be kind of heavy. Yeah. Don't worry, though. This is dangerous. The local paper, the Davenport Democrat, quote, 
printed a notice that revolvers had to be left at the door oh. and rocks that would not pass through a two-inch ring were to be prohibited, end quote. So no big rocks and no guns. Not no rocks, just no big, just no, no rock. big, big rocks. rocks. No big rocks. I mean, a two-inch rock is still pretty big. You could have any size potato. Any size potato's fine. A two-inch rock could really hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It's hit not you in the head? This was also the beginning of the sisters rotating in and out of the show. So it was never all five of them at once anymore. Mm. So that there was someone to feed old boss their elderly cow on the farm. <laughs> oh, somebody needs to stay home and watch boss. Yeah, they were like, well, Effie's not going to be here today because she's feeding old boss. Can't they just hire a... F- no! Don't they have a farm boy now? They don't have money. <laughs> well, that was just a fantasy. Yeah, that, I know. That didn't quite hold up in the court of law. <laughs> no, it did not. Unenforceable verdict. Yeah. Yeah. So the sisters then played the Grand Opera House in Dubuque, Iowa. Tickets at this point were sold for 50 cents to a dollar each, which is 1562 up to 3124 in today's money. Damn. I know. So we're, you know, we're climbing up the ladder here. At this show, however, someone in the crowd used a fire extinguisher on the sisters. Oh. Yeah. Chasing them out of the theater and causing mass chaos that had to be investigated by the mayor. The subsequent trial determined that the venue security had no reason to assume the audience would physically harass the sisters outside of the theater, and therefore they were not negligent. The sisters were not satisfied with this verdict because they're never satisfied with anything. So they unsuccessfully sued the city of Dubuque. That did not work out. Okay. So the sisters continued to tour Iowa and even started touring places like Illinois and Kansas over the next few years. So they were allowed to leave the state. Oh, they got out of state. Yeah. Yeah, they got out. Eventually, the sisters started performing behind a mesh curtain to protect them from bodily harm when the audience threw shit at the stage. How do they keep doing this to themselves? Like, I would. It's making money. It's making money. Not quite the outcome they had intended, but also it's getting what they need. Mm -hmm. They need, yeah, Yeah. that's true. It was around this time that Ella, the oldest sister, decided to retire from performing. So the act continued on as a quartet. So Ella's Ella's gone. So she can stay full-time as um, the carer of the cow. She can take care of old boss full-time. So Ella's gone. How old is she? Well, she's the oldest, and it's like... She's in her 30s? 18... Oh, she's definitely in her 30s. She's probably in her 40s, at the early 40s okay. at this point. Gotcha. Okay. So, in October of 1896, theater manager Willie Hammerstein brought the sisters to Broadway in an attempt to attract viewers to a struggling new venue, the, the Olympia Music Hall. His rationale? Quote, I've been putting on the best talent and it hasn't gone over. I'm going to try the worst. End quote. <laughs> Worth a shot. I mean, not wrong. The sisters saved Hammerstein from bankruptcy only 12 days after opening on November 16th and ran for six weeks, drawing audiences who were curious to see the act the New York Times referred to as 
the four freaks from Iowa. Oh, dear. Yeah. I wonder if at this point they just kind of leaned into it and tried to purposely make the show as bad as possible. I mean, yeah. Yeah, made it worse. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they even really were cognizant of the fact that they were being laughed at, not laughed with. I mean, they're throwing rocks at them. Yeah. They must know. Yeah. The New York Times, in their assessment of the sisters, considered the act, quote, more pitiable than amusing, end quote, and nodded, quote, the effects of poverty, ignorance, and isolation are much the same all over the world, and the Cherry Sisters exhibited every one of them with a pathetic frankness that left no question as to their status or their character, end quote. We are not mincing words here. No. Jeez. Okay. But the sisters were rigid in their morality, even so, even refusing to go to Coney Island because they could see women in their bathing costumes there. Hmm. Yeah. So they're like very like Puritan values, like good Midwesterners. All right. Here's some good stuff. So after the six week Broadway stint, the sisters went back west. They toured California for a little bit and then they returned to Iowa to extremely poor reviews, but sold out houses. In 1898, Billy Hamilton of the Odebolt Chronicle wrote, quote, Effie is an old jade of 50 summers. Jesse is a frisky filly of 40. And Addie, the flower of the family, a capering monstrosity of 35. Their long skinny arms equipped with talons at the extremities. <laughs> Swung mechanically and anon waved frantically at the suffering audience. The mouths of their rancid features opened like caverns and the sounds like the wailing of damned souls issued therefrom. Effie is spavined. Don't know what that means. Addie is stringholt and Jessie, the only one who showed her stockings, has legs with calves as classic in their outlines as the curves of a broom handle. She showed her legs? I know. Scandalous. And they were not good, apparently. No. No. Skinny cankles. So at this point in time, they are like elderly by 1800 standards. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're like 30s, 40s, maybe early 50s. Yeah. Yeah. The Des Moines leader reprinted that review from the other newspaper, prompting the Cherry Sisters to sue both the Des Moines leader and the Audible Chronicle for, quote, false and malicious libel. So this is their, like, third lawsuit, by the way. (laughs) Real lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reports differ on how much they sued for, but it was between 15 grand and 25 grand which in today's money is somewhere between $508,098.80 and $846,831.33. And Damn. Yeah. They're asking for like half a mil at least. It doesn't super matter what they sued for because it didn't work out. They didn't get anything. Yeah, I wasn't expecting them to. Judge C.A. Bishop asked to see some of the act performed in his courtroom so he could judge. Oh, no. And he immediately ruled in favor of the newspapers. (laughs) Wow. That is a slap in the face right there. Don't worry. 
The sisters appealed to the Iowa Supreme Court in 1901, but were, to no one's surprise, unsuccessful. An excerpt from that verdict. Quote, the editor of a newspaper has the right, if not the duty, of publishing for the information of the public fair and reasonable comments, however severe in terms, upon anything which is made by its owner a subject of public exhibition as upon any other matter of public interest of privileged communications for which no action will lie without proof of actual malice. Surely, if one makes himself ridiculous in his public performance, he may be ridiculed by those whose duty or right it is to inform the public regarding the character of the performance, end quote. So the Sisters Court case, Cherry versus Des Moines Leader, is largely recognized as the precedent for what constitutes libel in the eyes of the law and for protections afforded to journalists in this arena today. So the standard of law because of this case is that you have to show actual malice, which is defined by like full ignorance of the facts, twisting of the facts, like an intentional malice in order to be found guilty of libel. It's like a really high standard. It can't just be, you know, I didn't like what they had to say. Yeah. They said something mean about me or something. Right. Like, I could say, I fucking hated that movie and nobody can sue me because that's just my opinion. Yeah. You're not trying to bankrupt the studio or anything like that. Right. So if I go, that's why it's always so, like, muddy about like tabloids because the standard is you have to prove that that person was making up a story or was purposely ignorant of the facts or knew the facts and discarded them. You know what I mean? Right. So libel is like a really high bar to hit because of this case. Huh. I didn't know that. And I, I think I knew that there was a case that made well, it's the Cherry Sisters the libel standard so high. I just didn't know it was something as ridiculous as this. Yeah, I mean, I assumed there would have been a case, but I had no idea what like it's the Cherry Sisters' crazy origin it was. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the aftermath. The sisters continued to tour the country until Jesse, the youngest one, died suddenly of typhoid in 1903 at the age of 33. Thanks, Mary. Mm-hmm. The remaining sisters, Addie, Effie, and Lizzie, landed in Cedar Rapids and opened a bakery specializing in cherry pies during World War I. Oh. Because their last name's Cherry. Lizzie did the baking, Effie did the business, the business side of things, and Addie did everything else. Effie also launched two unsuccessful campaigns for mayor of Cedar Rapids in the next few years with a platform that included an 8 p.m. curfew for children and a 9 p.m. curfew for adults in the winter. Don't know what it is in the summer or what, but... Because it gets darker earlier in the winter? Yeah, it saves on candles. (laughs) Yeah, we're not sure. She promised to look into the problem of garbage, which she felt... (laughs) should be hauled away, quote, before it walks away by itself, end quote. She was very concerned with the garbage. She also advocated for the prohibition of profanity on the streets, so like public profanity. Mm-hmm. And this was, a, this was a bold stance to take, 
She claimed that there were too many parks that were damaging the moral fiber of the community. Parks? Quote, I like beautiful parks, but the young folks are going to them times when they shouldn't and in a way they shouldn't. End quote. Any further information on no. this stance? Okay. No. That is the complete They are having platform. sex and doing drugs. Yes. Yes. That's what my guess was going to be. Something like that. People are- Yeah, but that's not what she said. She said they shouldn't be there at the times they well, are. She is a lady and won't say mm-hmm. the things. Right. You know, that actually concern her. So parks are damaging the moral fiber of the community. That was her platform. Fuck parks was her platform. Maybe the curfew would have resolved that issue. Well, I mean, there are parks during the day. Well, she's concerned about the times that they're going to the parks. Maybe going to the park during the day is okay. Yeah. Respectable families go during the day and they play and they picnic and people who go to the park at night... She's what assuming that teenagers will not have sex in broad daylight, and that is a false assumption. <laughs> huh. she, really sh- she really should not be banking on that. But anyway, that is The Cherry Sisters, the worst show in history. I liked this. This was a really good, uh, uh, like, Tracy classic. With yeah. Some Had a lot of elements law. in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it got back to journalism it got back to all had a little stuff. bit of everything for everyone yeah. it did it did including vegetarians <laughs> it's true <laughs> oh it's true uh so yeah i accidentally oh wait hold on here we Holding. go Holding. I accidentally closed out of our intro outro and I just didn't want to fuck it up on my very last one. <laughs> oh, I don't have it open. Yeah. So you can't listen to it us much longer, but if you do, you should listen on <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen, please rate us and leave us a stunning review. Uh, don't make us sue you for libel no please although it's a very high bar you won't win (laughs) no we won't win no we're the journalists in that situation i thought we were suing them for their libelous uh reviews reviews. yeah oh yeah 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 we won't win no (laughs) but still don't give us a bad review please yeah don't Don't be be mean i'm pregnant everybody (laughs) Everybody loves someone pregnant. I was just about to say we're three unmarried women, but that is not true. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> we're just three women trying to make a living. Doing things other than podcasting, so don't hurt yeah, our dreams. Yeah, this is not our living. <laughs> <laughs> don't hurt our dreams, please. You can also leave us reviews on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Harpy Hour Pod. And you can email us at heartbearerpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of our show. Yeah. And we are still producing extra content for Patreon subscribers through the end of March. So head on over to Patreon and take a listen to all the extra content we've got going on over there. Your opportunity to go listen to all that stuff. That window is closing. So uh, strike while the iron's hot. Go over there now. One dollar. Literally one dollar. And you can get all of Patreon. In today's it'll be money. done at the end of March. One dollar in today's money. In today's money, yeah. Not eighteen ninety three money. And uh, yeah, I guess that's all. So thanks for listening.
Corn juice got your girl feeling loose. Oh shit. Now I'm wishing that I didn't wear these shoes. Oh shit. Thank you.